0: You can take your seats there's such a sweet sweet presence of jesus here right now um that i don't really want to disturb it with i was going to do a giveaway but we're gonna we're just gonna do that later um if you can feel that that's the presence of jesus just in this place just surrounding all of us beautiful women and what a what a gift and what a privilege it is to be able to come together on a Saturday morning as women um, and a couple men, a few men here to protect us. Thank you guys. But the first thing that I want to do is read something that I that the Lord gave me. It's um it's kind of a love letter, I think, to every single one of us. And so I want you to put your Self in a place where you can receive this. If you need to close your eyes or just listen to these words, because these, these are words that the Lord gave me, but they're from Him, and they're for each one of us. This is the Lord speaking to you. This is your Heavenly Father speaking this over you. What I want to do in the woman that I created is something beautiful and astounding. What I want to do in each one of you will shift your families, will shift your marriages, your communities, and eternity. I am calling out something in every single one of you. I am not letting you settle for the status quo. I am not letting you settle for pain and suffering and heartache. I am not letting you settle for just getting by. What I want to do in you requires you to trust me, to walk in faith, to not hold on tightly to the things you thought were valuable. What I want to do in you means you might have to lose control. To let go of the things that you have held so tightly to. Who I am calling out in this moment are women who are like Esther and Deborah and Lydia. Women who despite their culture and circumstances took a step of faith and surrendered their comfort in order to follow after me. I am calling the Mary Magdalene back to me. They are my favorite rescue. I don't want your perfection. I don't want your talents. I want your hearts. I want time with you. I am a jealous God, and I want your time. I want your precious time. I want to meet with you and show you secrets. I am longing to show you the things that you've never seen before, but it requires you to let go of what you are so tightly gripping onto. I cannot show you these secrets if you are holding on to the past. I can't do that if you are holding on to ideals that don't line up with my will for you surrender it my dear daughter unclench your fist let go let me have it say the words I surrender it to you let it go I will take it for you I will carry the burden I will show you beautiful and marvelous things when you let go of what you are holding so tightly to. You have carried burdens for so long that you were never meant to carry. Let them go. I created you to be free, yet you've picked up boulders you weren't meant to carry. You are carrying them for your spouse. You are carrying them for your kids. You are carrying them for yourself. Lay them down. Let me take them. Today is the day of surrender. Let me be the strong one. Let me be the one who carries the burdens. I have a garden of joy and peace and rest for you. We can abide there. I have new things to show you, but I need your heart. I need a new wineskin skin to pour into. The old one won't hold the treasures I have for you. The old one must be surrendered in order for me to show you the new things I have for you. Trust me, my beautiful daughter. I love you so much. Rest in my love. You may have felt rejected, or abandoned, or overlooked, or unloved. But that was never, ever, ever, ever my heart for you. I am beaming over you. I can't stop smiling when I look at you. I think you are beautiful. You You are a work of art. Trust me with your heart. Trust me with your plans. Trust me with your sorrows. I want them. My darling daughters, you cannot imagine my love for you. I created you, I chose you, I love you. Father, we thank you for these words. We thank you that you are not a God who is so out of reach that we cannot feel your presence, that we cannot feel your love over us. And right now, in Jesus' name, I pray that every woman in this room would feel the overwhelming adoration and love of the Father over them. I pray for those who do not have earthly fathers who have shown them what it feels like to be loved by a daddy. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that the father's love would be so overwhelming in their hearts and minds right now. That maybe they've never experienced that love of the father, but right now they are. I thank you, Father, that you are here and real and with us. That you look at us and you can't stop smiling. You are so in love with us. I thank you that you meet here with us. Right here at 307 Oak Street in Peoria, Illinois. Your presence could be anywhere else and you choose to be right here with us. So Lord, today would you help us just to shake off. burdens that we've picked up and carried, some today, some this week, some for decades. Would you allow us to give them back to you and let you carry them? And would you soften our hearts, Lord, to be so tender to receive what it is that you want to say to every single one of us? In Jesus' name. So the Lord gave me one word a few weeks ago when I started thinking about today. And I've actually been seeing this day, and not just this day, but this season in the spiritual realm for quite a while now, for years. As I've been picturing what the Lord desires for the women here. This church is eight years old. And we've always had this really beautiful group of strong confident women who are in love with Jesus and the Lord has shown me over the years a picture of a group of women who were healed who were courageous who were bold who were not silent and who were not afraid of the enemy I have been able to see that for a long time. It is an army of women who were pushing back the darkness. And today, when I was driving in, I felt the Lord saying, today is a defining day, a marking moment for the women of our church. You thought you were coming to a feel-good brunch to get some good food. No, you you are coming to a commissioning today. Because moving forward after today, the women of this church will act differently, will talk differently, will live differently, and we will affect the kingdom of darkness out there in a way that could only be done when an army of women come together. I saw women linked arm in arm, not in competition. But in stride with one another, cheering wildly for the success of the woman next to them. I could see the impact that this army of women would have on our church and our community, but I knew that it wouldn't come by chance. I knew that I couldn't just wishful think it into being, it wouldn't just happen. It would require deep soul work on every single one of our parts. I cannot carry the burden alone. Our flourish team cannot carry the burden alone. Our leadership team cannot carry the burden alone. It will take every single woman here and many that are not here today doing their part to link arms so that we can be the army that God desires for us to be. But in order to do that, it is going to require us to learn to lay down some things that we've been holding on to. It will require us to go through hard seasons that strip us completely bare. It will require us to walk into and choose freedom. Do you know that freedom is a choice? You have a choice. Stay in bondage or walk in freedom. You're the only person can that can make that decision for yourself. The Lord showed me this years ago. I never wanted to lead a women's ministry. That was like down here. I would rather clean toilets. Because I, 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 like, like, I like things that are checklists, you know? you go clean a toilet and you check it off. And women's ministry is not that at all. It's like emotional and drama. and. But I am willing to lead an army of courageous women who are sold out for Jesus. I am willing to do that. An army of women who are willing to live differently than what the world says we as women should live like. So when the Lord gave me this one word, I knew what he was asking. He's creating that army, but he will not do it until we let go of our grasp on the things we are holding so tightly to that aren't from him. The word he gave me was surrender. And I start thinking about it, and I realized that the word surrender can feel a little bit sophisticated, right? Like, it's actually kind of sophisticated for what actual surrender is so I asked the Lord what are you really asking of us when you say I need you to surrender and I heard him say this I need you to unclench your grasp on the thing that hurts a little bit more doesn't it I need you to unclench Your grasp on that person. I need you to unclench your grasp on that relationship. I need you to unclench your grasp on this expectation, on that dream, on the healing you've been waiting for. I need you to unclench your grasp on the hurt that you're holding on to. I need you to unclench your grasp on the past that you've had. I need you to unclench your grasp on your future. Girls, he is asking us to let go of what we have been holding so tightly onto. And when we do that, we cling to him. Our hands are free to cling to Jesus. The Lord really has a sense of humor though, <laughs> because as I listen to him give me this word and I start searching for scripture, the Lord always confirms to me through scripture, always. Always. Some people have visions or, or dreams or other ways, but for me, it's scripture. And so I knew that I would get a confirmation for this word that he had given me. The revelation he had given me, he would confirm it through the word of God. And I searched and searched and searched, and there were lots of great scriptures, but nothing settled in my spirit. Nothing was like, yep, that's it. Until just a few days ago. I was Completely exhausted because we listed and sold our house in the last week. Um, yeah, in one day. Yeah. Amazing. But leaning up to that, you know, you just got the crazy life of, like, getting it all ready for pictures and then get it ready for showings. And it's it's a lot. And my husband's traveling for work. And I I'm, we're trying to finish homeschool for this year. And, like, the, I was wearing all the hats. Can anybody else relate to that? you're wearing all the freaking hats. And there's not one hat you can take off. You're like, I would take a hat off if I could, but I literally can't take any of these hats off. And so I was super tired. But one of the things that the Lord has taught me in this last season of my life personally is that rest is holy. So holy. We often will find ourselves desperately needing rest and we'll feel guilty for taking it and the Lord has said and someone needs to hear this today Re- I gave you rest I made rest it's holy do not feel guilty when you rest so I went and took a nap and I had barely And the Lord like he's just so funny I, I he makes me laugh a lot I had barely closed my eyes when I heard him say Zacchaeus And my eyes popped open, and I was like, really? Are you sure? Zacchaeus? I am preaching to a room full of women, and you want me to talk about a wee little man? (laughs) But it was a strong impression, and I have learned not to question the Lord for very long before just saying, yes, Lord. So, we're gonna read this from Luke 19. And Holly, if you will actually just leave that passage up for the rest of our time because I wanna be able to go back and reference it um, again and again. Luke 19, verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus, he was the chief tax collector in the region and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. Can you imagine two tiny little words defining what people think about you for the rest of your life? When you hear the name Zacchaeus, you immediately think Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Something that was written about him Altered how people viewed him forever. Something that's been said to you or spoken over you has been defining you, and it doesn't matter. It did not matter how tall Zacchaeus was, it was simply a description of his height. Somebody in here today, you're holding on to some words that were spoken over you. You've been holding on to them for a very long time. And it's time to let those go. It's time to stop being defined like Zacchaeus has been. He was too short to see over the crowd, so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up to Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost some of you have a deep desire to get a look at Jesus to know him so much more intimately but how you view yourself is keeping you from seeing him See, Zacchaeus' stature kept him from being able to see Jesus. Everyone was taller than him. He couldn't see him. He knew he was going to come that way. One translation says he was very eager to see Jesus. Some of you are so eager to see Jesus, to hear from Jesus, to to be in his presence, to experience what he has for you. But something is restricting you. Something you are grasping onto is keeping you from the closeness that you desire with him. It says Zacchaeus ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree because he knew Jesus was going to pass that way. He didn't let his physical limitation stop him from seeing Jesus. And I heard the Lord say this. For many here, it's not a physical limitation, but it is a mental one. The way you view yourself as unworthy has kept you from a more intimate relationship with him. So run ahead. Climb the tree. Wait for Jesus because he's coming. He's coming right by you. And when he comes, he's going to stop right in front of you and call your name. And he's going to say, I'm coming to your house today. And he's going to sit at your table. And he's going to eat your food. And he's going to dine with you. And he's going to talk with you. And he's going to love being with you. So stop letting your stature, whatever that stature may be, stop letting it keep you from seeing Jesus. Verse six says this. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. Let the thought of being called out by name, by Jesus, and him coming to your home fill you with joy. Listen, this is so important. It is a season. It is a God-ordained season right now for excitement and joy. Jesus is here in our home. He is in our midst. He is dining with us. We can sit in his presence and too many are grasping tight to hurt from the past that they need to let da- lay down. Too many have not been able to let go of a season of grieving and enter a joyful season that he has for you. Let the thought of Jesus coming to your home bring you great joy and excitement. Verse 7, but the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Zacchaeus didn't let the opinions and the bad attitudes of others distract him from receiving all that Jesus was going to pour into him. I can imagine he probably was just like, no, I don't care. Jesus is at my house. You might be out there grumbling about me, but Jesus is right here. Some of you are letting other people's bad circumstances or bad attitudes or jealousy or bad choices take you down to and that has to stop because jesus is here and he has new wine to pour into and out of you he has new wine to pour into you and out of you so don't let things or people distract you from receiving it see one of the enemy's greatest tactics in this season right now is distraction If he can distract you with other people's opinions, with other people's bad attitudes, with social media, with fear of man, the list goes on and on and on and on. If he can distract you, he wins that battle. See, just because the person next to you might be allowing themselves to be sucked in by the world or distracted by jealousy or sulking in their past doesn't mean you have to be. Verse 8. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give back to them four times as much. Zacchaeus was willing to unclench his grasp on the thing that he had held real tightly to. He was willing to sacrifice what he had worked for. His wealth, his status, his success... He was willing to give it up and even more. He said, I'll give back four times what I've stolen. If I've stolen, I'll give back four times. What happens when you get in front of Jesus and you repent? Generosity starts to flow out of you because you realize what you've received. You realize the presence of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the righteousness of Jesus has just changed you from the inside out. And you can't help but have generosity and gratitude flow out of you. That's what new wine in a new wineskin means. Jesus pouring new wine, not so that it can stay in you, but so it can move out of you and affect other people. And then I love this so much. Jesus responded, verse 9. Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and save those that were lost. That day, salvation was given to Zacchaeus by Jesus. But I find it interesting that it actually says salvation came to this home today. When you unclench your grasp on the thing that has been keeping you from freedom, it may release freedom for your family too. When you let go, it may break off some things that your sin, that your fear, that your anxiety, that your having to be in control of the thing breaks off and your family starts to find freedom. Girls, do not underestimate what power you have when you let go of that thing. God is raising up an army of women And I believe that if you're in this room, you're part of that. You're part of that army. It's you, Jules. It's you, Becca. It's you, Briley. It's you, Sarah. It's you, and then say your name. It's all of us together, linked arms, but we have to unclench our grasp on the thing that has been hindering us from being fully free. See, he is pouring out new wine over us. He's ready. He's standing right there. I can picture him. He's standing right there Say, I've got it. I've got the jug. I'm going to pour it out over you. I'm ready. But he has to have fresh, clean wineskins of our hearts and of our minds to be able to pour it into He's not going to pour it into an old wineskin. He's not going to pour it into something. You know, an old wineskin will, we don't use them anymore. But in Jesus' time, this analogy meant so much to them because they understood it. An old wineskin would be brittle and would be falling apart. And so you pour new wine in and it would burst. And the wine would spill on the ground. He is not going to pour that new wine into you if you're just going to abuse His presence, if you're going to abuse the secrets that he shares with you. We can't live like the world anymore. We can't. God is asking for us to live differently. And that can be hard because it looks so different than the world. It means we watch different things. It means we read different things. It means we use our social media differently. It means we talk differently. It means the words that come out of our mouths build one another up instead of tear each other down. But we can do it. Because we have the power that raised Jesus Christ out of the grave in us. We don't have to do it in our own strength. He will do it in us. When we unclench our grasp on that thing. When we let go. Would you stand up on your feet? I'm going to pray over you. We're going to sing the song New Wine one more time. And I know I am confident. I am 1000% confident if that's even a thing. That some of you need to come up here on this carpet and let go of that grasp. You need to let go of that thing. And I would urge you to do that today. I would beg you not to walk out of these doors without at least beginning. It doesn't necessarily mean that you'll walk out that door and not want to clench your fist again. But what it means is that you are starting the process of letting go. My son started to drive a year ago, and 4 months ago he got his license. And when I was 16, I had a car accident and thankfully everyone was okay, but since that time, the spirit of fear has tried really hard to get me to be very scared in the car. And I didn't realize how bad it was until my 16-year-old, 15-year-old started to drive. And then I realized the spirit of fear had really taken over in that area of my life. So the Lord began, He's so gracious. He's so gracious. He doesn't, he doesn't come at us and say, like, you're doing this wrong. You need to repent. No, he comes to us and says, Hey Heather, let me help you with that. Hey, Heather, let me take this from you. Let me help you in this process. So for the first eight months or whatever that I was in the driver's seat or the passenger seat next to him I, my whole body was like this and I made myself physically ill because I was holding on so tightly my shoulders were literally touching my ears because I thought I had to be in control and slowly the Lord helped me release it and when he drove out of the driveway for the first time I stood at the window, not for very long because I didn't want to be creep mom, but just for like five seconds. And I just, I put out my hands. I said, Lord, I, I surrender. He's yours. I trust his life to you. It's out of my control. I can't do anything now with this. I give it to you. And it took me a few weeks of him leaving and then having to do that every single time. And now I don't have to do it every single time. I still take lord he's yours take care of him but i don't have to go to the window and be like you know ah, don't leave because the lord was so gracious to help me unclench my grasp on my son and say i trust you with him i trust you so some of you need to start that process today father we love you you are such a good father You're so kind and merciful and gracious, and we are in awe of you. We are in awe that you would love us so intimately, that you wouldn't punish us when we hold so tightly to the thing. You don't punish us, but you gently and lovingly say, come back to me, my daughter. Come back to me and let me take the burden for you. Let me help you uncurl your fist that is clenching so tightly to that thing that I don't have for you. Let me instead carry the burden and tell you great and wonderful secrets just between you and me. Jesus, we thank you that you're here with us. We thank you for your presence. Help us, Lord, as we unclench the thing that we're holding on to, as we start to see a mighty, mighty army of women rise up that will change this region. In Jesus' name, we love you. Amen.